What's up, everyone? So normally I'd be saying, and we're back, baby, but this episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, we're going to try out a new miniseries. It's going to be called A Closer Look. It's going to be uh, similar to the segments we've done before, but it's going to be giving us more creative control so we can go more into depth with the subjects uh, that we discuss rather than just go into it for like 15 minutes. We'll be able to discuss it for a little bit longer. So uh, without further ado... in the United States. So as of recent, the sport has made strides to fix their mistakes after not qualifying for 2018's World Cup in Russia. I still personally think there's ways they can improve and possibly cause a domino effect to bettering the sport's quality and viewership. There's uh, stigmas in soccer in the United States that, uh, you know, talking to people and growing up in the United States that I don't agree with, but some people think it's a boring sport, which it can be at times. Um, it's not too exciting. And you see people flopping and faking fouls and stuff. But you're you're starting to see that in sports nowadays. So there's really not – it's not much of a valid argument anymore for not liking the sport because you're starting to see that with other sports. Um, the way I like to look at it is – uh, some people might think that golf is a boring sport, which at one point I believed the same thing, but it's technical. And once you start playing the sport, you actually start realizing how hard the stuff that they pull off in the game is. And then you have more of an appreciation for it. So I think that might be a reason why people don't like soccer or have that stigma of being boring and just overall easy. Um, I think it could also be possibly that we have a culture of instant gratification such as we just want things now explosions big plays and that's why i feel like football has become america's game over baseball because you know you big tackles can throw the ball down the field and it'll be you know touchdown running the ball smash mouth uh baseball is a little bit more tactical or it's a little slower um, you do get home runs and like base hits and stuff like that, but it's not as exciting or having the possibility of a big play like football is. And, you know, back to the flopping thing that I was talking about, it, it sucks because even soccer fans that are fans can attest to this is uh, the big name players like Cristiano Ronaldo and Neymar, to name a few that are obviously very talented players, but they tend to over exaggerate when they get fouled and complain and just crazy dramatic antics that people don't like. And I mean, I don't want to throw LeBron in the same category, uh, but he has been known to flop and fake fouls and over exaggerate cramps and whatnot to uh, sell the uh, foul. I feel like that's the reason why it's not a valid argument anymore because you're starting to see it more prominent in uh, American sports. So, and another reason I feel like people don't is just, it wasn't made in America. Um, we have technically like an egocentrical look of the world sometimes or an elitist and we created football, we created basketball and baseball. So it's like, we have so many other sports to watch that are American born or American created and it's like, why 
why am I going to like a sport that someone else made? It's not quote unquote American. A lot of people have that mentality, I think. I'm going to touch in a little bit why I like the sport to kind of give you a background of why I feel and I want the sport to succeed in our country. Uh, One of the first memories I remember uh, when I was younger was the 1998 World Cup final between France and Brazil. Uh, I vaguely remember that. And I was watching it with my mom, who's the person obviously that got me into the sport. The first tournament I do remember actually paying attention to was the FIFA Confederations Cup in 2005. And for those of you that don't know what the Confederations Cup is, every two years, uh, each region has their own confederation cup. And the winner of that, so like i.e. the uh, CONCACAF, which would be ours, uh, has the gold cup. Uh, currently, as we're recording this, the Euros is the UEFA Euros, which would be their uh, thing. Whoever wins that ends up going to the Confederations Cup. Each region has their own one. There's the Combolo, which is uh, Copa America, which is being played currently as well. And uh, each person that wins that ends up getting thrown in a game or in, in a group rather and they play for the Confederations Cup. So back in 2005, it was hosted by Germany. As I've stated before in the podcast, I go for the U.S. and Mexico, but Mexico had won the Gold Cup two years prior. So Mexico got eliminated by Argentina, which happens to be Mexico's, I wouldn't say arch rival, but they tend to knock us out of major tournaments very often. I would, I want to say the last couple times, Maybe not the last World Cup, but they they do tend to knock us out, and it's it's very upsetting. Um, but anyways, uh, Mexico ended up playing for the third place team or the third place trophy with Germany, and it ended up being four or three, which was an exciting match. I saw uh, Bastian Schwansteiger, um, and I liked how he played. He was end to end, very. Uh, you could tell that he loved the game, and he just was going after every ball. And I looked up what team he played for domestically and ended up being Bayern Munich. And I mean, the rest is history for me. Me mentioning all this is kind of just giving you context of why I want it to succeed. Now, maybe I can add why other countries like this sport. Um, It's just one of those sports. Everyone likes to get together and cheer for something or just hang out in general with the group. And soccer is, is pretty basic as far as the rules go. Um, you can play anywhere uh, as long as you have a ball. And in poorer countries, sometimes you don't even need a ball. You can use a coconut, a uh, tin can, anything really. And something to make uh, lines for the goal. You can be shoes, twigs, sticks, whatever. Uh, the rules are pretty simple. So even someone that's not so bright can understand it even after it's been explained. The difference between the United States and most other countries is a lot of the club teams are created by the city and community. And most of the leagues have uh, like their regular season along with a domestic cup and a Champions League or equivalent cup. And most countries have tiers or leagues, but they're all on a united front, which allows teams to be promoted from different uh, like lower level leagues to come to the top tier leagues if they want. But it also allows... Uh, the top tier teams to be demoted if they have a bad season. So it kind of gives teams that are in the lower divisions 
uh, a chance to play in like the bigger leagues and it creates like that David versus Goliath type of narrative in the domestic cups. So uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, last year, Bayern Munich played, uh, I can't think of the team right now, but they were eliminated by a team that was like in the third division. Um, and the guys were not professional players. I mean, they played on the team, but they weren't single-handedly soccer players. They were like grocery clerks or they just had regular jobs. So we got eliminated, and I say we because I'm a Bayern Munich fan, by a team that wasn't really like a professional team, quote-unquote, right? And obviously they celebrated like they won the World Cup, which rightfully so. Bayern Munich's one of the top teams in Europe, creates those kind of narratives. And in the U.S., you don't have that type of system. You know, it's kind of cool to hear uh, younger or not younger, but lower tier teams having the chance to play somebody that is plays professionally and you get to play amongst some of the greatest soccer players to play at, at the current moment, which is pretty fun and pretty cool. That's one one way of how European soccer or other uh, leagues allow for People that are hungry, you have stories of like Jamie Vardy coming from uh, Leicester City, uh, being a grocery clerk guy and like not really doing too well. And then all of a sudden, uh, Leicester City goes up two divisions and then they end up winning like a Cinderella story type of season. And he ends up winning the Golden Boot. And those kind of stories are super cool to hear. And you also hear stories of like players coming from the slums of like Sao Paulo or Argentina or Chile and they're playing amongst other people uh, and just happens to be that there's a scout from a big European team that sees them and likes them. So they end up essentially offering the family to take him to the academy in Spain, Germany, France, wherever. And they have these kind of academies in the United States, but it's mainly pay to play which is fine. You know, anyone can play soccer if you pay for it. Right. But it doesn't teach people the hunger and the passion of the sport. We have people in football or baseball where they're coming from, you know, not so good neighborhoods. And the only way to get out of that is to play football or basketball or, or baseball. And in soccer, it's more of, I wouldn't say like an elitist type of sport in the United States, but it's definitely if you want to play higher quality soccer, you definitely have to pay money and not everyone can afford it. It's unfortunate, but that's just how it is. There is programs that will help you pay for it. But again, uh, if you have the money to put your kids in soccer, I'm not, there's exceptions to the rule, but um, you got the trust fund babies or kids. You you find people that have the passion in like I'll, I'll use an example of like the slums of Sao Paulo, Brazil. And you see children's imagining themselves being a Neymar, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho. You go to the parks in in the United States and you see the same kids doing the same thing, but it's for baseball and football because they have baseball fields and uh, football fields already planted out. They got basketball courts set up. And I've already said that you can play soccer wherever you want, but there's a difference between kicking the soccer ball between two sandals and kicking the ball into the back of the net. It's just... 100% 100% different or when you're when you're playing football you can play football or catch or whatever anywhere but it's a whole different feeling 
when you're playing with your buddies and you're running down the sideline and you know 15 the 10 the five and you dive into the end zone it's kind of just a whole different it's like imagining being in that situation which is kind of cool uh but we don't have soccer fields like that just randomly platted out in in uh, uh parks i mean we have places or like sportsplex or stuff like that but a lot of the times you have to pay to get in and that kind of eliminates uh, a certain demographic uh by doing pay to play you get more of kids that are are good at the game that that works for a little bit but it doesn't breed players that are hungry and that need for this to to work and that have the passion for uh soccer and it's like they're good at the sport so they'll be like you know what i'm good at it i'll make some money fuck it i'll let's just do it why not and it'll work but if you want to look at the previous uh teams for united states uh u.s men's national team I mean, those are perfect examples. I'm not talking about uh, the last couple of years, but the Michael Bradleys, the Josie Altidores, the Clint Dempseys, and someone that I consider the GOAT of the United States uh, men's national team, Landon Donovan. He's an exception to the rule. But you look at the other guys, what are they doing now? I mean, I think one is still playing, kind of, and Landon Donovan is the only one that's actually still doing anything related to the sport. Cause he has the passion for soccer and that's what I, that goes back to my point. Um, he's currently coaching the uh, San Diego Loyals, which is a team on the uh, or United Soccer League uh, championship. And there's talent in the MLS. I'm not bashing the MLS at all, but it's just not up to par. Cause I mean, you get the old European stars that are coming, obviously aren't up to par with European teams anymore, but they'll come to the United States play and they might have not the same pep in their step, but they're still far above the talent at the MLS. And it's like we dominate in every other sport we play, but we can't figure out how to dominate in soccer. Like imagine LeBron James playing forward or like a Miles Garrett type playing center back. It's just there's no there's no way uh, that if we had players like that in soccer that no one can touch us. It's just facts. What the leagues in the United States need to do is come together and do some type of European league style tier system because there is a system right now with the MLS and uh, some other leagues, but there's no system currently that if you suck in the MLS, it doesn't mean anything. You lose, you don't make the playoffs or whatever. Okay, maybe the players are mad and maybe the coach will get fired, but that's about it. You're not fighting for a spot in this to stay in the league and how embarrassing it is if you end up leaving the top tier team to go down and you have to fight down in in the bottom leagues to fight your way back up that's just great great story and it allows other soccer teams that are local if if they end up adopting that system that can come up and fight teams that are owned by celebrities you know no offense to Will Ferrell Matthew McConaughey and uh, Drew Carey but it's just an exciting business venture for the guys. They might have the love for the sport because they own the teams, but I don't recall any of them talking about soccer ever outside of when they own the teams. And I mean, you can make an argument about the oil money being injected in the European teams, but when you look at the root of it, the owners of uh, those teams that are injected with the oil money still love soccer, even though I dislike that for the sport and what it's done to the sport. 
it's still, they still love soccer, but that's a topic for another time. And as of late, we've had uh, players like Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney. Uh, I mean, I can go down and name uh, a bunch of them and they're all playing in European uh, teams. Not all of them, but most, the majority of them have come from academy teams in Europe. And it's just, we need to get academies here and get rid of like, I understand everyone wants their, their children to uh, learn stuff in public schooling and stuff like that. But in Europe, they have academies where they do teach them the basic stuff that you need to know. But these kids breathe soccer every single day. They go to school still and learn the stuff you need to learn. They train, they train, they train. And I mean, it's obviously working. You get these young kids that are coming from like 18, 19, 20 years old in Germany or in Spain, England. They're, they're just cranking out stars. Uh, as of late, like I said, Christian Pulisic is one. Uh, Weston McKinney, who who plays for Juventus, and I feel like is probably one of the better players on the team. Sometimes Christian Pulisic, he he gets the uh, the Captain America stamp because he's the goal scorer usually, right? That's in we're going we're heading in the right direction with with those two and with the rest of the team right now. They did win the League of Nations. Um, the team, I believe, is on average younger than the age of 24, if, if I'm correct. And that's that's definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, I still believe that we need to get rid of that pay-to-play and the, the system just need to get changed in that direction. Uh, we'll go into the numbers of why I feel like it needs to be because obviously everything in this country revolves around money this would be a perfect example of like why we should do well in soccer. Yeah, I'm only going to use uh, the Super Bowl numbers because those are the ones that are even close as far as domestic sports are concerned. In 2014, Denver versus Seattle, we had 112 million uh, television views, that is. And in 2015, you had New England Patriots versus the Seattle Seahawks. And there were 114 million views. In contrast, this is worldwide in Brazil, 2014, you had 562 million views. Yeah, you have 400, almost 400 million views more. And we need to capitalize on that because obviously everything in the United States revolves around money. So to kind of wrap everything up, we need to change the culture around what soccer is viewed as and change the tier system to allow growth for passion and hunger to seep through into the main leagues and we need to start growing we want we need to have players wanting to come to the United States to play quality sports we have the money we have the technology everyone that wants to come to play baseball they're coming to the United States they come to play basketball they're coming to, to the United States we need to have that same mentality with soccer and they need to come here if they want to play the best soccer. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, if you guys want to hear more of these kind of segments, just let us know. Uh, our email is esmsports333 at gmail.com. And if you have any other questions, feel free to shoot us an email. Again, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. 
I personally, I don't want to speak for the rest of the guys, but me personally, I am very blessed and I appreciate you guys a lot. And I'm honestly blown away at the amount of uh, support we've received. We'll catch you guys on the next episode.